welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into another episode of Six Again podcast. This will be the first of our two weekly podcasts starting up again this week. That's right, we'll be recording on Wednesdays and Sundays once again because the news just keeps coming in thick and fast. We've also got team lists, et cetera, to get to leading up to the trial games and round one. Um, but tonight, it's all pretty much off-field stuff. Jared and I are joined by a guest from Pennsylvania out of the USA in Billy. And he's going to say hello anytime now. Uh, you got to actually say something. <laughs> I said it. I said it. So for those who um, are new to the show, Billy is Jared's older brother. Um, he's helped us out quite a bit through the show over the last year and a half um, with regards to guests, etc., and giving us updates of what's going on in league over in the States as well. And um, he's seen what's been happening over the last couple of days and definitely he wanted to jump on and um, I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pleasurous with his wisdom. Here we Something go. Like that. Uh, Jared, what do you want to do? Me? Yeah. Um, well, it's been actually Billy, what have you been up to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah no, we, we've we've had a uh, quite a bit of a bit of snow dropped on us right now, so I've been shoveling the driveway five times a day. So <laughs> pretty. It's way more interesting. Anything mean happened in the States the last couple of months? Boring place to live like us? <laughs> we we, we haven't heard anything. Um, as, as far as riots are concerned, uh, you know, we're down to about 10 a day. So doing well there. Um, oh, excellent. Haven't not heard a mainstream the... sport anymore. Yeah, what's that? It's not a mainstream sport anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I on it. It, um, it. it gave the redneck something to do, didn't it? So. Holy sh... You know what? We, we have to... I, Something um, Jared just said. Can you bet on it? I got to. We got to get you on later in the year when we're doing best bets. Because just listening to American sport, it's so they're a world leader in so many areas. But it's so cute listening to them talk about sports betting because it's still a new thing in lots yeah, of states and areas. It, yeah. it, they're talking about going. Man, you can actually bet on games live during the game. I'm going, yeah. yeah. So what's what's <laughs> funny is uh, their big advertisement right now is same game betting. So Ooh. what you can do place a bet on a game but then also within the game bet on an outcome within that game no so, way now mate it's that there's it's pretty funny like you said they're they're sort of they're working it out slowly and getting there and i guess you know australia being a leading market and like sports bet england as well you know they're, they're trying to emulate the sort of setups over there but yeah it's it's still got a long way to go but you know it's just it's, so funny listening to them talk about it and it's just Finding all this out for the first time, I, I really thought they were joking the first time I heard it, but it, it's absolutely legit. Yeah, um, yeah, but they'll probably jump ahead like they do in every other part of sport. In a few no, years, I like, they'll jump ahead. Like it's it's going to be hard. Like it doesn't make not really apples to apples there, but um, I, I think the, the markets are going to be much larger just because of population. Yeah. And you know, I think I was reading an article the other day actually saying that. Um, you know, online sports bets up 60% versus going to a bookie is down 80%. And even bets within like friend to friend kind of thing, like, I don't know how they're doing their research, but it's also down like a tremendous amount because of the online betting. 
it's just so easy. Like, you know, you pick up your phone now and everyone's Done. like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying in light of all the other share news coming out of the States, if anyone missed that with regards to Game Stonk and all that sort of stuff, I'd be getting on some sport. Where? Oh my God. That was the funniest story I've ever seen. If you haven't heard about it or seen anything about it, guys, just type in um, GameStop, Elon Musk, anything like that. Fans Against Wall Street. It's been, it'll be a movie in, Oh, what? Oh, Jesus. How much did you have in it? Are oh, you on AMC? So we can't get access to any of them. Yeah, I was on AMC. I was on GameStop. I was on Nokia. Um, I'm down about 400 bucks. Not, so not... Billy's, Billy's going hard in his isolation. On well, there we go. <laughs> not not down a tremendous amount. I've actually, I actually did quite well earlier in the year. So um, I'm still up. What, two weeks ago? Nah, like back in March. It, it's a, oh, literally, so time's not relative still. All right, we've been um, anyway. actually a rugby league podcast and I swear we're about to get to some rugby league and we're going to be kicking off with uh, a pretty key injury that's happened at the Brisbane Broncos. We'll get to that in a sec. And before we get any injuries, yes, I am drinking beer, Jared. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. What beer are you drinking, Adam? So this week, Guava Sour by Boiling Pot out of Noosa... Oh, here we go. Noosa Sunshine Coast. Oh, there you go. Yeah, pretty good. I really enjoy it. Tart, but still refreshing. All right, Anthony Milford broke his hand. Yeah, and he's rushing to get back to round one. To be honest, when we do our team... He's rushing, I don't the Broncos even, aren't. Yeah, I've, I don't even have him in my top 17 for Broncos. Well, thanks for the spoiler. That's what we're going to start on Sunday with Real Dow. Yes, yeah, no, I, I just Jared, Jared's throwing that out anyway. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I don't have him in there. Like, there's better players there, and I think they deserve a better crack, especially what he brought out last year. So, I don't he's think Broncos. Off, he's probably better off sitting out round one anyway. They'll cop a flog. Who are they playing again? I'd say Parramatta uh, by the look yeah, of Billy's face. <laughs> How does that get on the Friday night? By the way, that's shit. Because it was such a close contest people. last year, you got to start off with those <laughs> top teams versus each other. Oh. The prime time game is Paramount versus Broncos. The wooden oh, yeah. spooners. That's Thanks, Dr. Phil. Anyway, uh, he's going to undergo surgery after scans revealed a metacarpal fracture in his hand. So it wasn't a uh, one that's going to heal on its own. Um, he felt pain in his hand during a drill. That's pretty. Well, the ball hit his hand for once. Recovery time of four to six weeks. So yeah, he really will be pushing it. Um, I had two fractures in my index finger and that was four months of rehab just to get full range of motion back so if he's hopefully it's not going to affect movement as much otherwise it's going to take obviously longer um boyd corner is set to miss the first opening 12 rounds we'll come back to that later on uh we've got a few opinions based around that that's been thrown around the media as well so we'll touch on that that's due to his repeated concussions and the setbacks that he's still having from that and we've already talked about the Mitchell Pierce having surgery on his broken thumb. So that's the big news there. Milford out four to six weeks. Broncos fans keep an eye on that. Everyone else, meh. Little tidbits here. Justin Rodsky's been appointed the new Melbourne CEO after Dave Donahue has stepped down in order to take over the Brisbane Broncos CEO spot that Paul White will step down at the end of February. Um, 
Dave Donahue has said that he wants some time off in between jobs. So Broncos will be CEO-less during March until Donahue steps in. But for anyone who is a fan of the Broncos, who's slightly down about the Milford injury, this should make you feel a hundred times better because Dave Donahue has been instrumental in turning Melbourne into the powerhouse of the NRL in an AFL-dominated market. He's bringing his smarts, know-how and front office experience to the Broncos who sorely need it after their displays last year. Anything from you boys on that one? I think it's a good sign for Brisbane. You know, yeah. just Melbourne Storm being the organisation they are and the way they um, sort of run their business, even outside of footy, you look at, you know, the netball, um, you know, the Falcons, the Tigers, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, they have success everywhere they go. So, um, you know, I think he's had a, a big part to play in that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Brisbane only have one way to go, don't they? You know, they're... Ooh, they're yeah. Yeah. Right Another part is, like, you never hear any bullshit. So, other than the salary cap scandal, which I don't think he was even part of, nothing came out of Melbourne, like, crap, that comes out of most clubs. For Yeah, I don't remember a controversy coming out of Melbourne in a long time. Because they don't stand for it. It's the famous thing. When, When you sign for Melbourne, the first two weeks of your contract there, you're out in the public working. Doesn't yeah. matter who you are. That's what George Sorry. Rose said. I can't do this shit because he was out like council working for two weeks. Yeah, um, so that's that's. I hope he brings that to Broncos because, yeah. So just a Melbourne been... Storm fan, some background of who Justin Rodsky is. He's only thirty nine, so quite young for a CEO. That's good to see. But he spent the last ten years with Victorian AFL club Essendon, whereas most recently chief commercial and customer officer. So, good sign they didn't have anything to do with their medical group. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Jared picked that one. There we go. Thank you. Uh, so, he's obviously stepped into big shoes. Storm chairman Matt Tripp is still there, and he's been quite as influential as Dave Donnie, so I wouldn't be worried. Anything with regards to Melbourne, I agree with Billy. Great pickup there from the Broncos. You look at Donahue's background, though. University of Queensland, journalist for News Corp, for uh, for five years, then yeah, we all to, make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> went into administration for Melbourne for uh, for a couple of years. Brisbane Lions for three years. Storm, they took a punt on this guy. You know, he had, I mean, yeah, he's got a degree and everything. He didn't have a tremendous amount of administration. They're taking a punt on this guy on this new guy as well because he's never been well, CEO of a club. He's just been involved yeah. and higher up. It, so, it just goes to show, like they've got an eye for talent, not just on the field. It's, it, incredible what they to bring to their clubs yeah rich get richer rich get richer and that's what oh what i see on that someone was arguing about whether brisbane broncos were the biggest sports label in australia i'm like pretty sure they are and i don't think it's especially that close um i mean nrl or not most memberships in the game aren't the broncos no but when it comes to brand wise, it's and they own a whole city pretty assets. much. That's yeah. nuts. All right. Um, we'll go on to signings before. Oh, sorry. One more on this one. Andrew Abdo has announced a new partnership with regards to online streaming for the NRL for the 2021 season moving forward. Previously, 
you had to be a Telstra member and you could access live games through live, live pass. That was called live pass. Yeah. Telstra live pass subscribers. So now everything's going to be going through KO, which is owned by Foxtel. And we know Foxtel has a deal in place with NRL until 2027. So it all kind of makes sense. Brings it all under one banner. KO, which is owned by Foxtel will replace Telstra live pass in the NRL digital app. So if you've got the NRL app on your phone and you go to watch a live game, instead of it going through Telstra, now go through KO. Fans, however, will still be able to access all the digital content they used to be able to, but you will no longer just be limited to just to your phone. It will obviously be able to be accessed through laptop, uh, smart TV, Chromecaster TV, tablet, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically giving more access um, to those who choose to use it those who had Telstra Live Pass will get access to the KO app at a discounted rate um, as part of the loyalty and all that sort of stuff of being a Telstra Live Pass member in the past. Um, I'd assume if you're already a KO member, you'll be accessing all this for free because you're already paying a subscription. Um, it didn't actually have the kickoff date for this to be starting that I can see in here, but it'd be good to get some feedback on that. Uh, this is going off the back of Telstra extending its 20 year relationship with the NRL and extending the NRLW, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's nice to see the big companies working together to provide more access to more people. Um, and the 3 million people on average that access their live content each week. Huh. You're right, mate. The boys are just looking at me. I'm like, okay, yeah. wait for them. <laughs> Um, I'm just doing the information and you're the ones doing the opinions. No, no, no. We got no opinion on that. Keep all right, going. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. Signings. So this will take us to our first big story. Oh. Of the night. This is kind of cool. I'm actually quite excited about this one, but the Cowboys have re-signed Jarvid Bowen for another season. I thought he was a bit hard done by when he was let go to start with. He unfortunately did his shoulder just prior to Christmas when he came back to his preseason block. Uh, he's still now expected to miss the first month of the season. He's played 36 games for the club, so it's nice to see him back if you're a Cowboys fan. And this is a good signing. South Sydney have extended the contract of Prop Tavita Totola till the end of 2024. He really got on a run this year. He was him and Tom Burgess formed quite a quite a solid one-two punch for the Rabbitohs down the middle. Um, I, if I was a Rabbitohs fan, I'd be stoked with that. Yeah, no, he's um. Him and Fodawaker are the next best props coming through. They're real good. Billy, you're on mute. Yeah, that's all good. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, they got a few good young forwards coming through. South do, like, you know, you look at their outside backs, but then I think their full pack's better. Yeah, me and Adam actually went through a depth chart of South Sydney, what, a couple of weeks ago? It is insane yeah. what they've got coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the trails on the block. <laughs> well, that's, oh, I didn't even have that. Yeah, I couldn't, I didn't even have the tab Alan. up there of that. But yeah, we're going to be talking about that as well. Um, Mitchell. So actually, we want to go to Latrell Mitchell while we're on the Rabbitohs. We're going to jump into the Cam McInnes news. Up to you, mate. Um, so yeah, Latrell Mitchell, it looks like he, what's 13 clubs are after him. He's rejected the first set deal from South Sydney. Because it was too so, long. Yeah, so he's looking at money and um, short contracts so he can push for, um, well, security. Well, 
don't know how you'd explain it, but yeah, he's looking for short contracts where he can pick and choose where he wants to go, really. That's where it is. Um, they reckon there's a chance he might go to Broncos because they have been in talks with him. So it'd be interesting, but they've come out and said that there's 13 clubs have inquired into Latrell Mitchell in the last couple of months. That's including South Sydney. There's 12, yeah. 12 other clubs. So from his point of view, he's interested in a one or a two-year deal. South Sydney offered him a three-year deal at $800,000 a year, which he rejected. And uh, some media outlets use the word he's been shopped to the Broncos. I highly doubt South would just go, here, have this player. But there has been talks between Latrell's management and the Broncos since before Christmas. His agents come out and stated that, but also stated that, yes, 12 other clubs have inquired with regards to his services. If I was, I think from his point of view, he's looking at how many players are now getting those million dollar contracts. Uh, some of them have been justified. Some of them haven't been. I, I've talked yeah. about my opinion on this a few times that my hope is in the next couple of years, million dollars is what your run of the mill Patrick Carrigans are going to be on and your elite players are going to be on the more and more money as we continue to go forward. I don't blame him holding out. No, I the impact that he can have when fit and the more experience he plays at fullback, he'll be a million dollar player this season, next season, whatever. Okay. I, I don't think he's ready for a million dollar contract yet because he's not playing, you know, 22 out of 26 games at a high level, like the million dollar players should be. Yeah. Like Ben Hunt. Um, well, there always is, you know, the a good half. and unfortunately like that's, very different. Now, look, with Charles, look, he, like you said, on his day, great player, game winner. Not on his day. Nobody wants to be not even over bench spot. So until he's until he's that guy, that Billy Slater kind of guy who's week in, week out, either winning your games or giving you a shot to win a game, he's not worth the money. Like, honestly. I mean- I agree with that, but I feel as though last year, before he got injured, he was building towards that because he had three, four games in a row where he was having an impact on the South and, and their and their play, like in in a positive way. He, he'd won them a couple of games. He'd scored a try here, set up an assist there, getting his positioning better, and he couldn't have got injured at a worse time because it, it looked as though he was finally starting to really get the hang of it. Um, that's that's fine and everything, but for a player to be on a, a limited workload to start the season, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't you can't have that. Like that kind of that position, especially, and that kind of money, you can't have a player sitting there going, "All right, we're going to run you for thirty minutes here, thirty minutes here, then then sitting." Yeah, there. Like, I, I didn't agree and, with that. Well, I don't and, think either of agreed with that at the and, time. And and, uh, and Billy hit Billy was right. Compared him to Slater which Slater was that 22 out of 26 games a year where he's consistent. He should have been on a million dollars at the end of his career. He wasn't. But that's where Latrell Mitchell needs to be if he wants that million right now. He needs to be Slater level to get that million. Oh, I don't I don't think you have to be that level. Like, no one's going to be that level. Um, no. Billy, Billy Slater now. Okay. Well, you know he's what I mean, been, though. Billy he's got, Slater he's right got to play. He's got to play. You know how you said three or four games in a row. He's got to play a lot more than that. He is only like 22, 23, so he's got a lot of years left. Yeah, he's only 23. But he's got to play he, a lot more consistently to earn that money. He comes with baggage. He comes with issues off the field. He's 
you know, he, he doesn't just stick to footy and like put his like a like you look at someone like Tal Malolo puts his head down. You never hear a peep from that dude outside of he ran for 400 meters in one half yesterday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Against Parramatta. Yeah, maybe. But either way, um, very good. Until he's at a point, which look, I, I think he's back in by taking you know asking for us for a one year two year contract. You know, and I you know I respect that aspect of it, but you know, it's also a risk, a personal risk. You know, you got to go in and then, you know, prove the point that you're worth that 1.2 mil, which he's probably chasing per year. It, it's going to be interesting if, one, it'll be interesting if South drop the year off, keep the keep the price, whether he'd sign, just because he's, it, it seems more that it's the one to two, it's the term that is of more interest to him at the moment. That's what it sounds like it's been pushed from management. It's going to be interesting to see if a club and then which club bites on that because from a club's point of view, one to two years doesn't – it it allows flexibility. So if this doesn't work, he's on our books for one, two seasons rather than four. But in saying that, it also doesn't allow you to plan more than two years ahead in one of the key positions on the field. So it's going to be interesting to see – what club goes for that? I could see someone like um, Penrith, Manly, um, who have got good fullbacks, but are also injury prone, saying, look, we're interested on a one-year deal. Um, yeah, but he's but, only going to have that one jersey on his back. That's all. Yeah, I know. Manly are not going to drop Trevojevic, So No, yeah. no, no. I'm not saying drop, but clubs that have had um, players like that, I wouldn't see them not putting interest forward at least. If he's only for a one-year deal, we can give you this. War- Warriors are going to throw the bank at him. Yeah, Warriors yeah. could, but that's not... Yeah, actually, yeah, Warriors could. Yeah, that's Definitely a good one. Yeah, f- fun fact on Latrell Mitchell. His birth name is Latrell Gulagong. Gulagong. Gulagong, that's his actual last name, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, cool. Boom. So that's kind of like... That story... Usually on any given week would be one of the biggest, um, considering the circumstances he went to South Sydney from Roosters. It looks like South had looked after him. I was actually quite surprised he knocked him back. But with other stuff going on, it's kind of been not swept under the rug, but looked over a little bit. But the big signing dropped yesterday, uh, I believe, when or late last night, actually. It came out that Cam McInnes had signed for a rival Sydney club for four years from 2022. And the club wasn't named to start with, but it came out pretty quick after. And it could only be the Dragons who couldn't look up, couldn't lock up their captain, but allowed him to sign for their biggest rival for a four-year contract, but not that much money. Uh, I'm well off this. This is pissing me off. Over. It's. I'm not even a Dragons fan. I'd be. I'd be mad. It's ridiculous. It, it, I, I didn't have oh. an opinion until I started reading how this was handled from the St. George point of view in that Anthony Griffin's come in, new coaches have come in and that turmoil at the club was prioritized over locking this guy up. So there'd been communication between St. George and Cam McInnes's management that he wanted his contract from 2022 onwards locked up before the season started. St. George never got around to offering a formal offer. I don't tell you what. give a shit what's going on in the front office. You 
give your captain what he wants to keep him there because you've just had Tyson Frizzell walk out the door. You've lost Jason Saab. Tristan Saylor doesn't want to be there. He's gone. Um, Gareth Widdop's not coming back on a fucking magic pony or whatever to save Who your ass. Who is their star signing this year? Did they, they sign um, anyone? Corey Norman and Ben Hunter wasting two million bucks a season. Yeah, he's... And oh. You've just let Cam McKinnis walk out the door because you couldn't well, get an offer together. Do you know what's funny? Griffin's going to about to offer Norman a multi-million and multi-year deal. He's trained well, apparently. Yeah. He runs, he runs laps well. Yeah. McKinnis, yeah so, so is Matt Moylan Mc, until his hamstring McKinnis, gets out in week two. <laughs> Same with Travoyevich. Well, McKinnis. It's, it's not a great endorsement on Anthony Griffin, is it? Because McKinnis oh, prefers McGregor, oh. who we all know is a dud. Like, call that Mc, boy. Like, McKinnis made 60 tackles per game regularly. That might be exaggeration by six tackles. But he was the leader of that team. He played so hard every week. He gave a, gave it. He actually cared. Like not many of the people in that Dragons team looked like they cared last year for a lot of the season. And they, oh, they let him go. And they're going to sign Norman over the top of him. It's just it does my head in how bad the retention and recruitment is right now. It's insane. Well, I mean, and considering the the other story that come out about the Dragons, I think there's more issues internally. Um, yeah. Oh. You know, administration-wise, and uh, head coach has his vision. So obviously, you know, McInnes wasn't a fan of that, and saw the writing on the wall. And see you later. And he went to a club where it's looked like he's not even going to play his preferred position. No, it's looked he's like he's going to start with a thirteen. Yeah, he's going to start with the thirteen next year. Because we've got I, young I, Blake Braley. I was, I was Blake. speaking to Wall about it the other night, and I, I, yeah, he touched on it, but. Probably won't last playing lock. Like he's going to shorten his career by five years because he's going to. He's he's not big. He'll is get that back. Why he didn't get so. It, it's five hundred thousand dollars a season is the money being thrown out. And to me, for the impact that he has, not so much in in attack, but in control and locking up the middle, um, five hundred thousand to me seems a steal for a player like this. And whether that's lock money or hooker money, they're not really two positions where. We get a good feel of how much they're on. Um, Damien Cook's on six fifty something uh, from from looking at previously. Dan Smith and Josh Hodgson are the highest paid. Yeah, but they're uh, when they'd sign those contracts, they were both international players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. To me, it seems like a bit of a steal. Two million bucks over four years for Cam McInnes looks a hell of a lot better than two million dollars for fucking Ben Hunt for two years. And just remember, if this bloke played, uh, grew up in Queensland, he would have played Origin straight after Smith retired. He, yeah, he, he'd be, he's a Queensland player. Well, if, Jake Friend, if Jake Friend got an Origin gig, McInnes would have got one. Yeah. Harry, Harry Grant is now. The no, no. McInnes is slightly older than Harry Grant. I'm, I'm saying five years ago, he would have played yeah. for um, Queensland. Now, there's a couple of things that they've said here. This is from. St. George. So part of it was Anthony Griffin, Anthony Griffin gave no guarantees about the cap- captaincy or his future when he took over at the end of last season. Matt Dufty and other off-contract players were told the same thing as the new coaching staff wanted to assess form before making decisions about the St. George oh, Illawarra's oh. roster in future seasons. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Under Griffin, there is no leadership group and he's made no call on his captain. For 2021, I get that. I also get something else that they've said with regards to 
the departure of McInnes may just be the start of the shakeout with 11 other players off contract at the end of the season and the club refusing to be rushed into re-signing any of them. That is 100% fair. The club has every right to be able to do that. I don't think that's but... fair to McInnes. What do you mean it's not fair to McInnes? McInnes you, earned, you've got earned to dictate. You've got a new coach coming into an unsuccessful team. Yeah, but he's not yeah, the reason unsuccessful. If you watch them play, it would have been great. No, right? look, you can, I don't care if you make 60 tackles a game. If you don't win the game, what does it mean? Like, who cares? Look at Robbie Farrow in origin. Oh. So my point is that McKinnis obviously played with his heart and on form. He never he never played a real bad game. Like he, he said he's based on form. What are they going to start doing in the middle of contracts in the middle of the season, are they? Is that what I, they're going to do? Maybe. This guy has been the captain for the last, what, three, two, three years. He's consistently played well. He's led from the front in every game. He comes off the field, you know, he actually gave a gave a crack. Anyone who watched that game could have seen that. And he would have done the exact same thing if Griffin walked in there and actually showed him some respect. But now Griffin's lost the heart and soul of that team. And Frizzell. The yeah, well, other side of this... I agree with both of you in that the reason the Dragons haven't been playing well is not because of Cam McInnes. He's not one of the weak links in that team. Uh, and if you're going to keep players around, he would have been, I'd say to the majority of people, one of the priorities. That priority is yep. now gone. There's already talk of Anthony Ooh, McCulloch yeah. getting brought down to St. George um, because... The Dragons still have to fill two roster spots to be eligible for their squad of 30 before the start of the season. That's, uh, sorry, 1st of March. That has to be done by. And McCulloch is being lined up, supposedly, as one of the people to yeah. take one of those positions. I don't think he'll go. He loves the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, he's worked with Griffin in the past as well. And if, what's this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, McInnes to be happy to play lock at the Dragons as that's the position he's going to be playing at the Sharks and McCulloch could come down and play hooker. Because this this is from McInnes. To be honest, I've signed with the Sharks as a lock, so I wouldn't be going somewhere for four years if I wasn't happy to play that position. I reckon their best move is, is to play him at hooker to start the game, bring Braley on and move him to lock. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I could see that as well. But I the other side is Sharks have put anyway. money in development into Braley that regardless of how long that would occur for that would negate development speed over time because there's just less minutes on the field and experience and to save his body but less wear and tear though so less wear and tear and then you're comparing wear and tear to experience uh scenario circumstances towards the end of the half or the end of the game that you want players to be able to learn from i don't know it's it's i'd don't get the Dragons the last few years. I really don't. If in four years Dragons win a premiership, I'll go Griffin. Well done. You made all the right calls. Good job. Right now, I don't see it happening. But yeah, but, I think they're they're a bit of a mess, and you know other other events that are definitely suggest that. Like anyway, just do it. Just say just it. A, Bring it up, Billy. Come on, Israel. Wow, that, that, <laughs> that to me. That was the next story we we're going to. <laughs> that, that to me is just a massive mistake. Like, what were they thinking? Like, what was that's that was like career suicide for that board to even consider that moron. It, like, that's 
here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. Like, I would understand it more if they were on the cusp of being a top four contender, getting a 32-year-old, you know, look, call it 40 years. He's a, he's a megastar, or he was. I don't know. Like, I didn't really follow him too much in, in the Super League. Um, he wasn't, you know, back end of his union career, wasn't let, lighting the world on fire or anything. But for the, if, if they were, like, right there and they needed, like, a strike weapon, a, a, mm. an outside back or something like that, 100% I, I get their thinking. These guys are 12 and they're not, they're trending down. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me to bring in this dinosaur who's got all this baggage with him to then, to, for what, you know? Like for absolutely nothing. When like, a premiership this year, that's what they're hoping. No, they're not even close to that. And yeah. if I wouldn't get them close to that. You know, it's, it's just baffling. And then for them to be so short-sighted and just completely blind to what happened with the, with the backlash, like, just, yeah, that's right. what I mean. There's something going on with the board there that they're, they're not seeing. Yeah. It. So I agree with Billy that he won't turn around their roster if they buy him. And before I say this, I don't agree with what that moron has said for the last couple of years on Twitter or video or whatever the hell he's done. I don't agree with it. In public, in churches. In public. Yeah, that's what I said. In, like, stuff like that. But... But rugby league has a history of, well, they have a very short memory when it comes to um, controversy. Like he said a lot of shit that's not right, 100% agree. But, you know, you got Matt Lodge who, well, everyone knows what he did. There's not even half the backlash from when he started up with the Broncos. You got Latrell Mitchell and Adok Carr last year who threatened people's lives by breaking, purposely breaking COVID laws. Ask Billy from America what happens when COVID laws don't get followed. The whole whole America is on fire because of COVID, right? Um, you got, you know, Andrew Johns got defended for 10 years, for 10 years of his career, got protected by the NRL in Newcastle because he was blatantly doing drugs and they knew it. Um, this guy's come out on Twitter and said a lot of disrespectful things and alienated... Uh, entire part of our society but he hasn't that's not as bad as what all these other people have done and the NRL have let him back in with no issue well not 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 no issue but like I, I just don't think compared to what Matt Lodge did and I'm I'm okay with Matt Lodge playing because they gave him a second chance but are you actually saying it's worse what yeah. he did compared to Matt Lodge? Well, here's the thing. Matt Lodge put his hand up, showed remorse, went into rehab, did everything he could to clean his name. Israel Flower won't he he won't walk back and say oh, what I did was wrong. He won't admit that. He won't say it. He won't no. Yeah, but what what he did was an opinion. It doesn't matter, Jared. Words, it, words. It, I, yeah, I understand. Oh, Matt Lodge walked into someone's house and beat up a guy in front of his whole family. I don't. I don't think Matt Lodge should be in the NRL either. I think he should. No, be I, but that's the thing. Like, I, I don't consider what Folau did is worse than Matt Lodge. Here's I don't consider thing. what Folau did worse than what Latrell Mitchell did. Here's the thing: Matt Lodge terrorized three people physically. You, you know, I understand it. You know, belongs in prison. Absolutely, should have served his term. Israel Folau hurt so many more people than Matt Lodge ever will. 
He hurt like the things he said. I I agree. I'm I'm all for free speech. You know, it's it's whatever. You know, it's important. It's it it's what separates us from you know the North Koreans and the Russians. In and all Australia, that kind of... though, we don't have a law about free speech. The, the, you don't need a law. It's it's just. No, no, it, I'm just saying it's different. To, whatever like, out of America, no, there's no law in America. It's just, it's just an amendment. You know what I mean? Yeah, amendment. Yeah. yeah, we don't even have it's that. Not a law, but ultimately everyone follows it. But the thing is. You can say what you want all day, every day, absolutely, but there's consequences to what you say. And well, I agree. And you he, say that at any other employer or any other job in the world, you're done. You know. Yeah, yeah. you you will be, but you'd get another job after. Would you? Yeah, because but Matt Lodge, for what he done with his criminal record, wouldn't. All right. Um, so I was having a look at this online. There's like just just seeing the reaction of the books, that's where I first saw it. Now, I hundred percent agree with Jared with regards to uh, Matt Lodge as an example. Um, I'm trying to. We keep saying his name. There's there's others as well. Hundred percent agree that there are players in there in the NRL currently who should not be there due to a variety of crimes. What I ha- I have to say this as well. Those people have gone through court cases pleaded their case, Jack DeBellin being an example, still going through. If they ultimately prove innocent or they've done their time and they've shown remorse, um, a club may be willing to give them a second chance. But Palau's never going to show remorse. And I know what he said wasn't illegal, but hate speech like that over a long period of time is going to affect a hell of a lot more people. Um, it's going to affect, we're never going to see the numbers on it. What Israel Falao said could have killed people. There could be teenage boys, teenage girls, older people who have killed themselves over that sort of hate speech because they've rocked up to work the next day and someone said, see what Israel Falao said about you. That yeah, so, is going to carry a hell of a lot more weight over a long period of time because he's affected people he's never met before and will never meet through an online medium. And if people still in today's world can't see the hate, can't see the harm that hate speech breeds, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. If St. George signed so, him... There was online accounts last night going to Coca-Cola. Are you saying that you support Israel Folau and their beliefs? Every one of St. George's sponsors were sent online messages last night saying, oh, through Twitter, do you support Israel Folau? Do you support Israel Folau? Because if you do, if you don't, your club is about to sign him and he's going to be linked with your brand going forward. Yeah, no, see... I, like I said at the start, I don't agree with what he said. I reckon what he said was horrible. There is not one positive of having him in the NRL. Apart from the fact that he would walk in and be one of the best backline players. But see, NRL's got its TV deal. It doesn't need. I'm not criticizing. I'm criticizing the NRL right now. They haven't done Um, anything wrong. They they didn't register him. What do you mean? They, They didn't do anything for their history of letting people who've done crimes back in. But That's again, what I'm criticizing for. 
That NRL, what, NRL. My point was, I brought up examples of NRL registering contracts, defending, like, perfect example, defending Andrew Johns. He came out and admitted that he failed drug tests throughout his career. They have let people back in by doing things that are absolutely horrible. That's it's not the same thing. The Andrew Johns thing isn't close to the no, same. no. But my point it's is that this is just problem. another story. That's an Andrew Johns problem. This is bigger than just a per- this no, is, I, affects so many more people. Yeah. And oh. and and look, the the fact that you know he's even consi- like it's it just it just blows my mind that he's even. Yeah. I, I'm blows not a fan of him coming Saint back. George is that screwed up that someone's gone. You know what? Israel Folau would solve our options. There's no downside to this. Yeah, like, yeah no, I, I... Hell, what are you thinking? The other I, I thing 100% don't Matt agree with stuff, him. Jared, I think... I'm not a lawyer. Someone... One of my mates will probably get into about this. But the NRL, I don't think they would have grounds to say, um, no, you cannot be part of this comp if time had been served and blah, blah, blah. Because then you're denying somebody an opportunity to seek employment um, based on something that's been cleared up by law because yes they've done the wrong thing but they paid for it they're now a new member well not new but a member to society again uh that could i don't know 100 percent, but i could see down the line that could be some of a discrimination based on past stuff um the other side to that is the nrl you're talking about isn't here anymore we've seen since blandies and abdo took charge over gallup and those guys before this is a brand new system um, the fact that he's reinvigorating it every three years to ensure that people don't get stale and old and stagnant. The fact that Abdo had already come out and said, if this goes further, they were going to take fan opinion and sponsorship opinion into a decision. I highly doubt it would have been ever signed off anyway. No, I, I, I don't think it's- he should. And I am perfectly happy if NRL take a stand. The only thing I'm outlining is that NRL have a history of allowing players like that. No, not, not like that specifically, but players who've done things back in. Under precedent, so they're, they're reformed players. This guy w- will not be... How do you know that... <laughs> he reformed? He re- reformed? Yeah. How, no. many people, how many people... Matt Watch won't even throw a punch on the field anymore. What do you mean? All right. What? Not with the yeah, ball or without it. <laughs> a- a- Andrew Johns was not reformed. Well, that doesn't matter anymore. He's not a player. It, but that's the point. Like... And I'm perfectly happy with NRL taking a stand. I'm so happy. If they do, I hope they continue it. But only time will tell. I don't want full out of play. 100%. I, don't, I agree with you 100% that he's affected so many people. But I hope the NRL take a stand. And for stuff like this that, you know, happens again, because it will happen again in the NRL, can't deny that, mm. that it continues that they won't let anyone else like that in. That's yeah. my point. So the, the thing is of all these other people who have, you know, again, domestic violence, drugs, all that piece, you know, they've done, done their time, served their time, gone through their rehab programs, and it's them then setting an example for other people who have potentially fallen off the rails that way, that there is a way to reform yourself and then get back on your feet. But this, this is not that kind of situation. This is a guy who, you know, has these beliefs, standing by his beliefs, is maybe agreeing to a social media ban, which he's had in the past and still violated. Let's mention that. Um, so he's got a repeated history of going back on his word anyway, but won't won't stand down from his comments, you know. And 
for anyone to even say like for James Hoover to come in and say, you know, oh, yeah. his huh. his justification was the I'll read the quote. Rugby Just league read. is the most inclusive sports on the planet. Unlike AFL, can be proud of the melting pot for cultures and the way it accepts and it treat treats equality. But what Falau says is complete opposite to that. It's so what what was um going to read out. This is unfortunately um. We are talking prior to, to the show because uh, with Billy being in America and the fact we haven't heard much about Joe Biden since he's taken over because Fox Sports has literally nothing to write about because they're so pro-Trump. James Hooper is so pro-Fox Sports, Brown knows article journalism that he would fit straight into an agenda like that because he has absolutely no read on social, present social culture. Like The headline for that article when everyone was up in arms or something along the lines of settle down butterflies, no, sorry, Snowflake. settle down snowflakes, Israel should play. Like if that's your headline, you are as deaf as a fucking doorknob, man. Yeah. He, he looks like a doorknob. As well, honestly, like he's, well, a few years ago, I didn't mind James Hooper. Yeah, me neither. He's, he's just... He decided to be that guy who wants to be the, the guy everyone hates and you know sells articles and, yeah and yeah and look i mean yeah. he, again, he, he generates clicks and all that and whether he's doing it for business then you know that's a whole different story but at the end of the day when it's all said and done you're a moron james super like, <laughs> yeah. on, oh, on twitter he, last he night there like, was his yeah, uh, like, so you go bill yeah i was gonna say he, he's he's the guy over here in america who'd be like oh you know Trump's a racist, Trump's everything, but he's a pretty good guy. Let's call that boy. Yeah, like, it, it was... Oh, what was I saying? Oh, Someone on there underneath said... He uh, played for the Dragons. Is he? Is it because he's a Dragons fan? I don't know. Like, Someone underneath it said, hey, that was a pretty good read, and he continued to have an opinion. And I put underneath it, as soon as you got to, it was a pretty good read. That was the end of me reading your tweet, because holy shit. Um, yeah, so just yeah. just to finish on Flout, I agree with Billy. I agree with Adam. I don't think he should play, but I just I just don't want him to follow in the NRL footsteps of allowing players who've done past transgressions to play. And the NRL have a history of allowing get letting elite talents get in the way with a bit more than players with lesser talent. Yeah. And I. Jack DeBellin's been sitting on the sideline for two years. Yeah, no, and that's what I hope is the standard right now. But the NRL has proven in the last 20 years alone that it w- has done that. I hope they put a stop to it. hope they don't allow Fallout to play. But my point is that he's done what he's that was done. The point. Yeah, there you go. He's done what he's done. A lot of players, in my opinion, with you know domestic violence, drugs and all that, yeah, they've done reform, but they've still done it. And they haven't sat out as long. Uh, it just annoys me. I'm that... fine with that as well. But yeah. that's that's a yeah. thing for an ad. To, to wrap this one up, um, this is pretty much the Dragons season prior and during in two sentences. Both quotes from the Dragons. While the Dragons did inquire about signing Folau, the club can confirm that d- such discussions have now ceased. <laughs> um, with further detail and having weighed the pros and cons of the move, the Dragons decided against pursuing the interest any further. I love the, with further detail and having weighed the pros and cons of the move. Uh, you don't think you would have thought of that beforehand. But anyway, 
Um, moving on. Israel career is over. Yeah. Um, far out. Oh man. Oh, let's go to let's go to Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Considering we're still we're on, unfortunately, soon to be two. Well, fortunately for one, but unfortunately for the second to be soon an ex NRL player. Uh, Warriors captain Roger Tuivasa-Shek after everything they've gone through last year. Um, I, I can't blame the Warriors in letting him go for everything he get, he has and continue will continue to give to the club. But he's going to leave Rugby League at the end of the 2021 20, season and head back to Rugby Union. We know uh, him, Kalen Ponga, uh, other players have talked about their dream to play for the All Blacks. You can't deny him that. Uh, to me, still, they're the most professional international sporting team on the planet of any sport. They're just, they're like the Melbourne Storm, continuous professionals. Um, anyway, it's a huge blow to the Warriors. It's a huge blow to the NRL. It's a huge blow to Rugby League in New Zealand. I wish him all the best. If you've never seen his Rugby Union highlights, he started in the Auckland Blues system. He's a Union kid almost all the way through, um, but the Roosters pretty much made him an offer at a time that he couldn't refuse. And like all young guys looking after himself at that stage, that's fair. Half of me is sad he's leaving the NRL. The other half of me can't wait to see him play rugby and see if he can still do, see see if he can take his skills from here in an open field um, a bit more and showcase what he's got to offer. Because we've seen so many NRL guys go to the Wallabies. It'd be quite a different thing for someone to crack the All Blacks outside of yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a walk-in. I'm, Sonny Bill did it. So. Oh, I'm, okay. I am actually Sonny happy. Bill's kind of a slightly above a general average athlete, we'll say. I, I, I'm actually happy that he's going. Not that he's going to the Union. I, I'm just a happy union. he's leaving the Warriors. I'm, I'm honestly... They... Like, if you look at his highlights of the Roosters, on the end of that back line, he was an absolute superstar back then, and he finished so well. He went to the Warriors, and they pretty much shoveled the ball to him and went, hey, can you do something brilliant? He was able to, but he was also expected to take the shit runs out of their own half. He was also expected to, you know, shoulder a lot more than he had to shoulder as a fullback. So, What he got the money for? Well, he didn't get much money compared to other fullbacks. Like, compared to, you know, Ponga, um, like, compared to players half his talent, he didn't get as much money as them. And he led that team. What do you reckon? He ran about 180 meters average per game. And that was because Warriors just expected him to do everything. And it just... Ugh. I, I, I felt so bad for him because he could still do something brilliant, but they still expected him to do it every single time to touch the ball. And so they just kind of... They didn't put him in a position ever. He just had to get the ball and try to do something. And that's how the Warriors played him. For yep. so long. I agree with I agree with the majority of that in that uh, his the management of the Warriors as a whole club over through his tenure has been below yeah. par, below average. And unfortunately he's been a constant there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And 
Mr. Old Reliable. Yeah, he's got magic feet. He can do all this, but that's negated if you're having to do your runs out of your uh, in goal all the time because your forwards and outside backs aren't high enough quality to get back and do it outside of Vadavai, Mamalo and Fusatua when they haven't been injured. And that has negated some of his impact. In saying that, he's won a Dali M for them. Um, for those who play NRL fantasy, he's always been relevant. That's hard to do as an outside back if you're in a shitty team. Um, it shows the work that he does get through and the impact he still has on the game in a key position at a very inconsistent club. He could have been better utilised, sure. I, I'm still under the opinion that he's only 27. Like, he could go to Union for three years. He's still got the skill and the talent to make that team go to a World Cup and come back and still be close to an elite player. He won't come back as an elite. I'm not, I don't think he will, but he'll come back still cl- very close to the top. Uh, I, I, I would love to see him in his prime time years. So he left, left Roosters, what, when he was 25? 24, 25? That'd be earlier than that. He's been at the... He's on 1.1 million, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's worth more. I honestly do. Like, he's that good. Yeah. Um, I just I just think that if he was in, you know, the Melbourne system, um, the, the Roosters system again, even the Canberra system, I reckon if he was there, he would have been a lot better just because they would have actually played wouldn't have just expected him to do everything. And that's what you just, you just highlighted already. three clubs that have had stable coaching through that whole tenure. Okay. Um, put him in the West Tigers. He'd be in the same position he's at the Warriors, I'd say. Uh, put him I still at reckon the... he probably would have done better. Well, look at I Valentine, re- just, look at Valentine Holmes at the Cowboys last year where they were at the end of not really knowing what was going on. It's just you give it to the fullback and let them do their thing because Val Holmes oh. is Val Holmes and he can do that stuff. Same sort of thing. So he's been at the Warriors in 2016. So okay. 16, 17, 18. He's played more for the Warriors than he ever has for the Roosters. Um, Most of his highlights are still with the Roosters. Yeah. He's scored two less tries at the Warriors in 10 more games. So it's not oh that big a. Oh. I don't what know. That? One more goal as well. No, I, I, yeah, I think there's goal. two ways to look at it. You know, it, it's it's a blow to the Warriors. Hundred percent. Just don't care about the Warriors. You know, <laughs> like too bad. But um, you know, the other thing, it's a, it's an endorsement for rugby league. Like he goes in, you know, plays a starring role for the All Blacks. All of a sudden, you know, it's it's going to be a tough road for him. So I think. Yeah. You know, He'll be up against Bowden Barrett, Damian McKenzie, if they throw him at fullback. Um, Israel Dag's past it now. Who's the other young guy? Stevenson um, from Waikato. Oh, no, they're brothers. Super rugby. Bowden Isn't Barrett. three Barrett? Yeah, it's three. Yeah. Geordie Barrett plays fullback more regularly than Bowden, but Bowden can play 5-8 or fullback, and he's well, in the top two in the world for both positions. Because he can't kick. Oh, yeah, he, he'll be... To me, he'll be a wing. He he's, yeah. doesn't have the size to be a union center. Union centers are different to, uh, like, look at Nagani Lamape, who was in the Warriors at the same time as Conrad Hurrell. They were the two chunky centers. He has been absolutely brilliant 
in rugby for the last two years. He's a starting All Black centre now. And you look at how he's built. He's like a freaking house with feet. Like, he's... Mate, mate Thomas Flegler would dominate rugby union. And yeah. Thomas Flegler's a stud. So. As a centre. What's up, Flegler? Oh, oh he's the worst. I really hate him. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I didn't, know, I didn't know you didn't like Flegler. Jesus. I, I reckon he could he could rip it up. Like, Didn't, Wasn't your starting yeah. front row last year Kane Evans and you're giving shit to Flegler? Anyway, Thanks. good luck to Roger Tuivasa-Shek. I hope that you guys have a brilliant year. Um, I hope we get to see a bit more out of you with Nathan Brown and the and the differences the Warriors have got this yeah, year. So um, I'm actually curious how Nathan Brown's going to handle this because he's lost his captain in the first three months of coaching there. So is he going to throw money would, in the fullback or is he going to develop one? That, that would have been a discussion taking place before Nathan Brown came over. Because yeah, this, it's not is, like this has this been a secret. Yeah, this isn't. This hasn't popped up out of nowhere. We know Kalen Pong is thinking the same thing at the end of this contract. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If, they don't, if Newcastle don't get in the top four in the next two years, I'm, I'm expecting Pong to go, to be honest. Okay, yeah, well, go the last four. thing on the players, and then we're just going to cap the All-Stars lineups, and that'll that'll be it for tonight because it's been a big – it's been heavy. So – other news that has come out this week is that the Roosters have formally applied for salary cap relief from the NRL uh, with regards to Boyd Cordner, uh, expecting to take a lengthy, lengthy stint away from the game with regards to ongoing concussion symptoms. So just to give us uh, a history of how this works, if a player sustains an injury in a representative game, Australia, state of origin, that will limit their ability to play for their club side, the club can apply for salary cap relief. Now, in order for that to happen, the player cannot play for three months or a 12-week span, and they get $350,000 with regards to salary cap relief. In saying that, so that means the Roosters can bring in a player um, on a $350,000 contract, or they can use that money elsewhere cut a player, bring up another player. They can use that money how they need. The issue that has come around this is outside the fact that it's the Roosters and salary cap and all those jokes aside. Ah. This was due to Boyd Corner sustaining his concussion in the first state of origin last year, going off the field, having a HIA test, then coming back onto the field. Now, the NRL was very clear around concussion protocols, and if you don't follow them properly, the club was going to get fined. If they weren't followed correctly, the NRL really doesn't have a foot to stand on in this because they failed at their own criteria that they put in place by allowing it to get to this point. They will have to pay out this deal. Most of the other argument is he had three earlier concussions this season. How do they know it was this one that's now having these symptoms? This could have been stemming from the third one that he hadn't paid attention to yet, et cetera, et cetera. That's been the discussion around this. It's different to doing an ACL in a set of origin game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I... So this concussion rule, I'm not a fan of um, the whole thing. Well, which which concussion rule do you mean? The compensation oh, so, or the HIA? No, program? no. Okay. So the basic go off the field, the HIA, we'll start there. 
because that's where that's the criticism originally at Origin. Yeah. Um, because he went back on. Yeah. I don't agree with it because it depends who the player is, who if they go off the field. Like Ponga, every single time he catches the ball, he has whiplash on his head, gets up groggy, and then they assess him, go home, and send it, keep him playing. He went off twice when it happened about 40 times last year. Yeah, but the NRL reviews that footage, and if they say this is a case where he should have been taken from the field, Newcastle Knights will get fined for not doing they it regardless did twice. of. Yeah, well, then they, they kept doing the it. Protocol. But they kept, they kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Like the amount of times Ponga hit his head on the ground or anything like that. And he kept playing. If that was, you know, a player who wasn't Ponga's caliber, he would have played. Boyd Corden wouldn't have make that generalization. Well, I, I honestly don't believe. Like, you, you get some of the smallest head knocks in the world. If this is a second roller, he's played the last twenty, or a front row has played the last twenty minutes. They're going off for a ten minute stint on the HIA. Pass it. Come back on. That's a free ten minute rest. It happens all the time. So Boyd Corden last year for that Origin. He should not have come back on, 100% agree. I don't agree that they're getting compensation for this because he's been dealing with his concussion for two years. I reckon this whole thing's absolutely dodgy. And the NRL, and coaches and clubs like they do, every new rule that comes in the NRL, they have found a way to exploit it, just like they've found a way to exploit these concussion rules. I reckon they honestly have um, because it's just... The amount of players who get heavy knocks who are halfbacks, 5'8", fullbacks, hookers, mm. don't go off the field as much as, uh, say, a front rower, a second rower, or, or anything like that. Because you rest those front rowers and second rowers and locks. You don't rest the fullback, halfback, and stuff. So, with Boyd Cordner, he got... Con- he, how, many, how, how long... Did, he barely even made origin last year for concussion. I think he played two games in mm. the whole season before concussion, didn't he? He defended like he had concussion, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, the, the other thing they do as well is, uh, you know, a, a shoulder burner or something that needs to get looked at. Exactly right. Um, yeah, straight yeah. on the head. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, clearly, I it's honestly, a need, but no, it's... Uh, now, I honestly none of us three uh, none of us three are negating the impact of a concussion. Um, I've no. definitely sustained a couple. I'm sure Billy and Jared have at some point. And we've clearly, talked, Billy has. He sports yeah. para. Yeah, we've talked. Ah, that was actually pretty good. Uh, we've talked previously. Concussion's a word that's just thrown around like it's nothing. It's your brain bleeding. Like it's not something small. It's a really in- large injury. It's the fact that we can't see it internally. I think people throw it off as something else. The the, 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 the issue I have is how the issue I have is how do the roosters pinpoint and how do the doctors pinpoint it was that one that he's off for three months for. Um, I agree that he shouldn't have even been playing the Origin Series based on what his previous year had been. I don't think it's going to open a can of worms, um, but it, it, it's not a it's not a good look regardless. I wouldn't be surprised to see some form of change to the HIA protocol. Um I'd, I don't know what that is. I'm not a medical professional, but I wouldn't be surprised if something comes out before the season based off this as a as a leading example. I'm not sure there needs to be a change in the protocol. It's more the fact that if he had, that was his very first concussion in origin, there's no way he's sitting out 12 weeks of this. Season. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. 
that's previous, exactly right. Some some players are, are, but it's not it's not a it's not a regular occurrence that they'd Look, be out bit, off on their first. No one. chance that that was his very first ever concussion that he's in this position right now. It wasn't from Origin that caused him to be in this one. It's from his previous concussions, mm. games, ref games, don't matter. It's all the same shit. It's a, a, a build up to what it has been. Did that well, one put him in a position where he is now? Yes, but it's overall the build up that has caused this exact instance. So I don't think they're in a position to say, hey, like we deserve for this. There's well, no exactly right. Like, like I said, I think he played two, maximum three games before the Origin series because he spent half the season, including COVID, recovering from concussion last year. So, yeah. I'm not sure what three people he's going to get him either. You're not going to get Boyd Cordner caliber. You, you, you'll get Boyd Cordner defense. <laughs> he played four bad games, Adam. Leave him alone. You can maybe, you can maybe buy the board and have them make some decisions for you. I, I just, yeah, I, right. I don't agree with this. They shouldn't be getting compensation. Um, I have no one way. Are we going to cover Paul Green and we'll do that on Sunday if we... Yeah. Yeah. Nah, so anyway, we do, we'll do Paul Green now. We'll do All-Stars on Sunday because they play the weekend following. So what we're going to finish with tonight is why time is now right as Maroons turn to green. So we spoke a few weeks ago. Jared and I were throwing around names for the vacant Queensland Maroons position. Paul Green was one of them. Neither of us endorsed him with a great sense of confidence. He did play seven Origin games. He's been in and around the Queensland team um, over the past decade or so. He's had the success at the Cowboys. He is a vacant coach at this at the moment a lot of that sort of stuff makes sense he was in the battle for the brisbane broncos job i can see the point of view the thing that shocked me is that it's looking like a one-year contract which makes sense from a business point of view if it doesn't go well the maroons haven't tied themselves long term but maroon's success has been based on loyalty last season being uh an, ex- uh, an example of that similar to uh, previous years where we've kept players who have underperformed during club, Dane Gagai being a perfect example. It, it seems odd to me that Queensland are offering a one-year deal where they'd usually provide security for a longer period like they did with um, Walters. I, I, I think one way to look at it actually is um, like did Queensland offer the one-year deal or did Green requ- request the one-year deal? Oh, He's true. not getting a head coach at this point. So he might be holding out for say like, all right, I don't have anything this year. Let's let's do Origin. That's fine. I'll do what I can do there, and then let's see what unfolds with the upcoming season. Who's on the hot seat? Who gets fired? What's my options as far as NRL? Because I, I I do think his his priority is to be an NRL coach. Mm. I'm I'm questioning. I think those. I think so too. I'm questioning one Queensland's depth for coaches. Um. Mm. Nothing, no disrespect to Paul Green because he's obviously got the resume there. I'm, not, I'm talking about Slater. So either they don't have anyone else to consider or he's a genius. Like the fact that they're considering they'll a guy... Out, yeah, they'll throw an Alan Langer's name out there as well. Oh, like the fact they're considering a guy who retired two years ago and never coached and at any level 
um, high level, and he's going straight toward the second hard, second top job in Australia for rugby league, shared with Brad Fittler, obviously. But I know you know he's got a history of Mal Meninga coached Canberra back in the early nineties and didn't do too well. Brad Fittler coached the Roosters in early two thousands and didn't do well, and they brought him in. But at least they have that experience. At least they went away from the game and learnt you know management skills and all that kind of stuff. Slater, as far as I can tell, retired, went straight into Fox Sports as an analyzer. Channel um, nine, I think. Yeah, Channel Nine. So now Stan is he is he is he no the genius ads. or are they just lacking depth? Oh, yeah, I, I think it's the depth thing. Yeah. Look, right. look at what Origin is though. Like you you don't need to be a master coach in Origin. You need to be a player motivator and you need Imagine. to have you've got two New South Wales and Queensland are the two best teams in the world. Would mm. beat any other team on the planet. No doubt about it. You know what I mean? No one's beaten these two teams. All you need is someone to come in and say, all right, this is our game plan. You know, solid game plan, which I'm sure Slade is fine with because he's played in great teams for his entire career. And then be a person who can get players up for the game, you know, get them ready to play, motivate them. You know, whether or not that was his sticking point, that's why Paul Green got the nod, I don't know. Um, end of the yeah. day, I don't think you need to come in with a huge amount of coaching experience. You just need to have them kind of qualities as an Okay. okay. Yeah, but he, he was a terrible NRL coach. I, I got, uh, and that, politician. That's, that's my point. That's my point. But I got a question for you. So you don't think, you think it's more man, man management, not coaching there? Absolutely. Okay. So a guy, do you reckon that a Slater took the reins in 2020 that they would have won the thing or do you reckon that was just Bennett? Too, too many variables of that one's very different situation. But do you reckon that Bennett was the reason you guys won? No, I think Cam Munster was. And New South Wales lack of game plan that was a big part of it. But, well, that's look, the thing, that's coaching. Brad Fittler's not a good coach. He failed in the NRL. He was terrible yeah. But Mal Meninga was just, and, he, and he's considered the greatest, one of the greatest coaches in Origin history. Uh, I, uh, the, I don't think any other coach, I'm not the biggest Wayne Bennett fan of the last, uh, his last 10 sort of years, but I don't think there'd be any other coach outside of Mal Meninga that would have got the same result for Queensland. In saying that, I don't think it came down to coaching i literally and from what all the players said it came down to bennett's ability to get the squad to believe in itself rather yeah, than so I, I agree plan, plan, plan things out or anything like that it, it, i think cherry evans did say there were some simple things we were focusing on but every single player had one thing to focus on because bennett managed them individually yeah, now Meninga so highlighted that. things as well that he did, but I also think at some half times, if they were down, he would have gone to his whiteboard and been Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston. There's your game plan win. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But who's got a better winning percentage than Wayne Bennett? Craig Bellamy. Look at his origin career. Yeah, Didn't no, you? look, my, my question for you is that you said originally that you that a coach doesn't need to coach in origin level. You need a man manager, that correct? You need but to then coach, you turned but around. it's majority man manager. Yeah, but then Billy turned around and said that New South Wales lost because they had a bad game plan and bad tactics. 
So which is it? Does Brad Fittler need better tactics? Here's the or does he need to be a better man manager? Or did Wayne Bennett beat the shit out of him I'll, in both? I also I didn't think say you separate game plan and statistics from coaching. Here's no, I do. But I, I just want to ask Billy the question, which one is it? Because oh. Brad Fittler lost through tactics, but you said that you don't need to have tactics in order. You need to be a man manager. So which I one is it? I didn't say that. I, I said you don't need to be a full head coach because – a head coach will come in, they'll have a, a preseason training plan, go through the whole what well, you watch round one, every organization goes bulky, you know? And oh no, I get that, but you just said like I just I just brought up the you look at you look at Trent Robinson, right? He's considered a great coach because he's so technical. You don't have the time in origin to be technical. Like he he looks at things like like I was watching that Jackson Hastings interview, right? He was looking at things where like when you're on a certain part of the field, they want you to be, like, if you're on the 40-meter line, you need to be defending as a half 20 meters in. When you get down to the 20-meter line, you need to be 22 meters in or out. You know what I mean? Like, he's so technical. You don't have time for that in Origin. Whereas Origin, you have to be a good man manager. You have to be get, getting them, you know, like Adam said, believing in themselves up for the game. But of course, you need a game plan for that game, but you don't plan over a season do I all right we're going to bash ourselves for the first five weeks try and get five wins mm. then we're going to paper off a little bit and really manage your season you know what I mean it's you don't have time for that you're basically going in there and saying all right we're kicking to the corners do what we do well here's our strengths work our forwards to the middle and then we've got these strikers yeah, I, I get all that I'm just questioning do you think Slater has the main management skills or does he need no, 10 know. years to learn it not and yet. do you do you, do you honestly think that without Bennett as the coach, you guys would have won last year? It's hard to say, isn't it? So it, I, I, mean, I, I, I already said that it'd be Meninga or yeah. Bennett. I don't think Kevin Walters could have done that. Um, in yeah. saying that, I think that's also in, in there lies the biggest challenge for Paul Green because you could see it at the Cowboys. I they don't think his co- I don't think his coaching skill has diminished at all. Uh, it it would be in that it was the same message from the same voice. And outside of Tamalolo, it looked like it was getting old. Todd Payton's a completely different style from what we've seen. And it might've literally just been the motivation. You saw someone like SN Masters. I've never seen, well, if I put my mind, I probably heard, but the drop off from what he was at the Tigers to what he was at the Cowboys in one season um, was huge. And yeah, it could be the upheaval of moving, young family, all that sort of stuff. But part of Paul Green's job was to get those players up. And he, was, he wasn't up all season. You could see it. It was a completely different player. So that may be the biggest challenge for him moving in. That sort of stuff he can work individually on and he doesn't have to do all the planning outside that. That'll do us for um, this episode of Six again. It was a big one. It was a heavy one. There's been a lot of stuff going on. We will preface that by saying the Maroons haven't officially stated that, yes, Paul Green's the next head coach, but all the news is pointing that way. We're going to be recording again on Sunday. We're going to be looking at the season preview for the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Titans, and the Warriors. We'll also be covering the Brisbane Bombers and Western Corridor joint bid for the next NRL expansion team, looking at 2023, if things get back on track, et cetera, et cetera. And who knows what other news the NRL will throw our way. Um, thank you again to Billy for joining us from Pennsylvania. Uh, it's like 6.30 a.m. or something Wednesday morning, I would assume. 
Wednesday morning, yeah. Wednesday morning. It's 10.55, uh, 9.55 Queensland time here. We do have Jamie Soward on the show next week. I did say it was going to be this week. I apologize for that. He's on the show next week. He'll be helping us uh, look at the round one predicted list, etc., for Canberra and Melbourne Storm. And we're hoping to tie in another guest staffer for the teams the week after that. But back to two episodes a week. Thank you for all the supporters for tuning in. Um, that's everything from me. Anything from you boys to sign off? Nah, thanks to Bill for coming on and waking up at 4.30 in the morning to come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually up for my morning run anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I did back in, uh, back in July, so. <laughs> Talk to you Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.